What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. To mark this special Halloween episode, I want to share a gambit of stories with you. My own pod friends have even submitted their own stories, which is so awesome. Also, I want to thank everyone who has kindly recommended the show, rated, and reviewed. I hope you enjoy this episode. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get spooked. There is a family tale that has circulated in my family for as long as I can remember. My grandmother is the glue of our family. She literally holds us together. She's the oldest of seven children and one of four girls. Her younger twin sisters passed away several months after being born. You can still see a sadness take over her face whenever she talks about them. My grandmother had a lot of responsibilities growing up. Much of those responsibilities surrounded taking care of her siblings. My Aunt Margaret was a few years younger than my grandmother, but she was a pretty spoiled kid. Like a lot of sisters, my aunt and grandmother often bickered with each other. These fights would often occur on the way to school in the morning. One early morning, my grandma and aunt were headed to school and embroiled in another fight over who could carry the books or lunch bag to school. Sure, it's an odd thing to fight about, but it was the early 1940s and there wasn't much to fight about. They lived in a small South Texas town called Sitton, which to this day is still very small. As they walk to school, immersed in the argument, a woman steps out from seemingly out of nowhere and blocks the girls from moving forward. They look up at the gangly woman and are stunned into silence. She bends over and picks up a rock and places it in my Aunt Margaret's hand. She tells her that if she is mad at her sister, to hit her in the head with the rock. She tells her this about two or three times before my aunt and grandma run away. They return home after school and share with their mother what happened. My great-grandmother, who the family affectionately calls Momol, told the girls that the woman was a witch who sensed their fighting and was glad that Aunt Margaret wasn't convinced to hurt her sister. It is an experience that my grandmother, at 82 years old, remembers vividly. It's something that caused chills to course down my spine when I was younger, but I love being scared. Whenever I was in the mood for a spooky story, I would ask my grandma all about it. She's one tough lady, and if it had been me, I would have definitely peed my pants right away. I will never, ever, in my life, be as brave and as strong as my grandma. 
Vicky wrote into the show to share her short yet spooky experiences in her childhood home. I grew up in an old house built in 1910 with my mom, dad, sister, and brother, and our two dogs. All of us had paranormal experiences in that place, but only ever spoke to each other about them after we had moved away. I had seen shadow figures, heard disembodied footsteps, and had items misplaced. My dogs would frequently react to the footsteps too. The older of the two dogs we had always slept in front of my parents' bedroom at night. Often, I'd hear her move to sleep in front of our door and growl at footsteps in the hall in the middle of the night. One encounter that stands out vividly in my mind is one afternoon when I was a teen. My mother had asked me to go upstairs and bring her a pair of socks from the laundry basket in her room. I nod and go upstairs and enter her room. It's a bit dark as it's late afternoon and the sun was dipping below the horizon. All of a sudden, I get a panicked feeling in the pit of my stomach and my senses were telling me to get out of that room. I grabbed a pair of socks for my mom and dashed from her room and started running down the stairs. One of our dogs liked to sleep on the bottom stair and she looked up past me to the hallway above. She snarled and growled and as I looked up to see what she was growling at, I see a shadow figure materialize in front of my parents' bedroom. I watch it glide across the hallway, I hear footsteps on the carpet, and I see it disappear in front of the door to mine in my sister's bedroom. With my heart in my throat, I pounded down the rest of the stairs and stayed in the living room for the rest of the night. Vicky, I used to want to live in a haunted house, but since starting this podcast, I realize that I no longer have that desire. I'm sure no one is wondering why I had that sudden change of heart. Your Momway recounts his brush with the paranormal while working at a haunted hotel in another very haunted state in the United States, Louisiana. This takes place about four months ago. I took this job to pay for all of my college funds. You know how that shit goes. Nothing started in my first two months of working here. I heard the occasional rumor or complaint from my coworker about an invisible force attacking them, so I was a bit skeptical, thinking it was just late night shift stress getting the best of them. This all changed when I got placed in the kitchen. I was finishing my shift and making sure that nothing was dirty, misplaced, or not working when I got hit by a strong scent of what I can only describe as urine and cigars. Due to how run down this place was, I figured it was a dead animal or a bathroom problem caused by a bum. I go to grab the air freshener, seeing as this odor was making me nauseous and I didn't really want guests to smell that. No matter where I sprayed, the odor seemed to just overpower the spray. I set the air freshener down to call the manager or someone who can locate the source of the smell and remove it. The air freshener I'd put down slid off the table and fell with a hard bang. I was shitting bricks at Mach 7 by that point. I dialed the manager and got her to come down and help me with my encounter. When she walked in, the scent grew stronger for roughly 10 seconds and then disappeared. 
the manager just chalked this up as a regular occurrence and to just deal with it. Then I asked her about the can and she said she believed me, but just to not mind it. Right when she finished talking to me, a chair slid out and went backwards. She saw it and she was surprised. She just said, stop, in a firm voice and the whole room went calm. It was like she flipped a switch and the whole thing just vanished. Me and my other coworkers became really good friends and talked regularly in between breaks. I brought up the ghost in the hotel and he said that there's two more in the building, a girl and the other is an old janitor who overdosed on pills and was found two days later. The room he died in has never been used or hasn't since my time working there. And now every time I pass that room, I get a killer migraine. The girl is another story. Supposedly, she's a murder victim. Others say she's a result of a guest meddling with dark magic. The girl has never appeared for me, but I've seen the impact she puts on workers that she's appeared to, like scratches or personal objects being moved. The worst I've heard she's done was push a janitor down the stairs. He survived, but put his two weeks notice in due to the occurrence. If you recall from episode six, you know that the firm stop is usually the best way to get a child ghost to stop messing around. I'm really curious about the source of the urine and smoke smell that appeared. Maybe it was the janitor, but I have a feeling it is something that has yet to be discovered. Now, my great friend, Mike Morford, host of the Murder in My Family podcast, describes in this clip his experience with something he still has no explanation for. Hi, Lainey. It's Mike Morford, and I just wanted to congratulate you on your new show, It's Haunted, What Now? I am a big fan of the paranormal, and I liked your first episode. I'm excited to hear more from you. And I wanted to reach out and share a couple experiences that I've had that I haven't told too many people about. Uh, One experience happened to me at my grandparents' house uh, when I was probably about 10 years old. I had a curfew and had to be in bed about 9 o'clock and I went to bed at 9 o'clock I wasn't tired but but they forced me to go to sleep and I went in fussing, fighting laying there in bed and when I was younger I wasn't really afraid of the dark so I'd sleep in the dark and there'd be a little bit of light coming in from underneath the crack in the door out in the hallway but other than that it was dark and I remember laying there being sort of mad uh, and just saying I I can't believe I have to go to bed I'm not even tired I'm laying there and I'm just thinking and all of a sudden I heard from the side of my bed up against the wall a voice and I'm going to try and reenact it it said Michael and I immediately for a split second I I said what was that and I jumped up and raced towards the door and halfway broke through the door trying to open it and you know I was screaming terrified and my grandparents came in and they you know came in looked around turned the lights on there's nothing there 
Uh, the windows were closed. You know, there's obviously nobody in the room. Uh, but after that, I was terrified to, s- to stay in that room. You know, that was the room I'd sleep in when I slept over their house, and I refused to go in that room afterwards. And when I did, it would only be in the daytime with the door open. Um, and, you know, I told my mom about it, and she, when she was growing up, she lived in the same house, and that was her bedroom. And I had asked, asked her if she had ever experienced anything or had anything weird going in there. Now, she grew up in the, you know, the late 60s as a teenager, so of course she was sort of the hippie type. And she told me that they had done some weird, you know, Ouija board, witch, witchcraft, uh, seance stuff um, in that room. And she had painted the room black. You know, and of course, it wasn't black when I was a kid. My grandfather had repainted it. But um, and she told me that she did have some weird experiences in that room where, you know, she felt a couple times like she went out of her body. Um, so that kind of scared me. Uh, and again, I look back on it sort of with mixed feelings. I thought, all right, she's a hippie. She's probably smoking something. Who knows? I don't know. But I know that I had that experience that I can't explain in that room. And it terrified me. Um, somehow now though, I can still sleep in the dark. It doesn't bother me, but I'd be afraid if I went over to their house again, uh, and went in that room, it would still bother me. So that's one experience. And then the other experience I had was the house I live in now. And this happened, I'm going to guess, probably close to 10 years ago. I've been living here about 20 years. Uh, about 10 years ago, I was watching TV uh, in my bedroom. And my wife was asleep and I was watching the news. It was probably around 11 o'clock at night. And I heard something walking on top of my roof. It sounded like it was up above the ceiling. So I paused the TV and turned the volume down. And I heard some footsteps. And it clearly sounded like heavy footsteps. Not like an animal scurrying or pipe settling. You could clearly hear the sound of footsteps. And I actually looked up at the ceiling and watched with my eyes and tracked the sound going across. It was heavy. It was clearly the sound of, of footsteps. So I, I actually sprang up and I went down and into the hallway and I'm listening and I could hear them going partially down through the bathroom and, you know, I thought there's somebody on my roof and, you know, the way my house is set up, I have an attic that's only accessible in my house. You can't get to the attic unless you're in my house to get into the attic. So I wasn't worried that somebody was in the attic walking around. So the sound to me had to be coming from on my roof. And, you know, being the protective uh, guy that I am, I've, you know, I load my gun and I go outside. I race out there expecting to actually find somebody walking on my roof. And there was nobody out there. And, you know, just that quick I had shot out there and went went out and looked up on the roof where I expected the sound to be coming from. And nobody was there. And I went back in and I listened. I didn't hear the sound anymore. I never heard it after that um so again i could it be some kind of uh house settling or something you know that's natural it's possible but i'm I'm sure it wasn't an animal you know i went up in the attic after that i looked around there's no sign of any animals up there 
Um, there's no room for anybody to be in the attic walking around. Anyways, it's very tight up there. So it was, you know, it sounded like it was on the roof, but I don't know. There was nobody up there. There's nothing that I could find that made that sound. And it just made me wonder if, if something uh, out of the ordinary had happened. But, you know, I've lived in this house, like I said, 20 years, and I've never had any other weird experiences. So who knows? But those are just a couple uh, spooky stories that happened to me that I experienced that I wanted to share with you. And I look forward to hearing what other people have to say um, about some of the stories they share with you. So keep up the good work and keep the episodes coming, Lainey. Thanks again, Mike, for sending in your story. I have no idea what that could be. I would have hid in a closet for a very long time, shaking in fear, but that's just me. Alpin Shimmer experienced the loss of a friend in a tragic accident. They're not entirely sure what their friend was trying to say, but hope someone can help shed light on the ghostly visit. A good friend of mine was killed in a head-on motorcycle crash on his way home from a run in New England. I was very close to his girlfriend at the time, so I went and stayed with her in the apartment they shared. It was a second-floor apartment. The apartment was located in his childhood home, and his mother lived downstairs. His body had to be shipped home because we lived two states away. We were busy with details of the funeral and such and stayed up very late. We both slept on the couches in the living room the night his body arrived at the funeral home, which was down the street from their apartment. I had what I thought was an ultra-vivid dream that night, which was this. I heard someone stomping up the stairs, and then he burst into the apartment and was stomping around the coffee table in sort of laps. Then he got very close to my face as I lay there on the couch and started screaming in it, just angry, yelling. No words, just screams. He did this for about 30 seconds and then stopped and stared at me. This is what woke me up. I looked over to see his girlfriend sleeping soundly in the other couch and I thought to myself, wow, that was one hell of a dream. I usually have a hard time remembering my dreams but I eventually fell back asleep. The next morning we were going downstairs to start our day and she commented that she thought she left his boots at the bottom of the stairs, but here they were, on the top step. I never told her about my dream. She was so upset, and I just thought it was inappropriate. I think about that experience still to this day, 12 years on, and I wonder if that was truly a dream, or if it was a sort of visitation, and he was angry that he was gone, and we couldn't hear him. I wish I could have said... I hear you, I see you, but I couldn't. Any thoughts or similar experience? Alpin, I think you're right on the nose with what your gut told you. I think your friend was angry that he was gone. Perhaps he just needed you to see him one last time to let you know that this was not how he wanted to go. I am curious if any other listeners have experienced something similar. Low Gravitas Alert is noticing things disappearing in their home. Are they just misplacing them, or is there an invisible trickster in their home trying to get the family's attention?
Firstly, I shall say that I'm completely skeptical of anything paranormal, but the other day something happened that I'm struggling to explain. I believe I've experienced similar things many times over the years, but it seems easier to explain away as absent-mindedness when I'm alone. On December 24th, shortly before 10am, my wife and I were having a clear-out at home while preparing to host Christmas. I was putting some of our son's old baby stuff away into the loft and garage to store. I took a new roll of bin bags, used one, and left the rest of the roll in the center of our landing between the stairs and bathroom door. We both knew exactly where it was, but about a minute later, my wife asked me where it was because it had just vanished. Now, this isn't something valuable at all, but we were about to make good use of it, so I spent the best part of half an hour searching for it. The landing itself is small and clear, so it definitely hadn't been knocked over behind something. I searched downstairs and in the loft where I had just been, and nothing. If I had found it somewhere random, then I could happily accept that I had foolishly moved it and forgotten, but it was definitely not in the house. Eventually, we gave up looking and my wife got in the shower. I had one last look at the spot I knew it had been and took our son out shopping. I had a strange feeling that this had happened before and it would reappear eventually. Well, guess what? While I was out, my wife messaged me asking me where I found the roll of bin bags because she had nearly stepped on it when she left the bathroom. She thought that I had found it while she was in the shower and put it back where we expected it to be for her to use. But in fact, it had reappeared when we had both stopped looking for it sometime in the 5-10 to 10 minutes between me leaving and her finishing her shower. Because we were both involved, this is something I can't explain as just me being stupid. We have lived in the house for nearly a year. I think my wife has always felt something. Focused on the hallway, stairs, and landing area, but not malevolent, I believe. Lots of other smaller things have happened over the years, such as things falling off shelves when no one is present. I'm finding it helpful to record strange happenings. Otherwise, it's so easy to forget things that you can explain. Like number one, the ornament falling from the shelf. Over the Christmas period, one particular ornament fell off a shelf at least five times, always late at night when everyone was in bed or when we were all out. Many other objects are precariously placed on the shelf, but only this one fell off. Or more falling objects. Now, this is a strange one. I'm trying to give my baby son different foods and gave him a slice of banana. I thought he would nibble on it, but he inhaled the whole thing and started choking. Luckily, my wife grabbed him and got him to spit it out and all was well. However, as he was choking, we heard a large bang from upstairs. We went to check what it was shortly after and found three books had fallen off a shelf in one room and two boxes had fallen down in another. One of the boxes had even managed to get right underneath the bed in that room. And finally, another disappearing slash reappearing object. One of the dummies or pacifiers we give our son says, I love mommy on it. And my wife feels like it's always going missing. One Friday night, he had this dummy, but we couldn't find it while tidying up. There's one particular spot where we usually find his dummies, but we both check and it definitely wasn't there. But on Sunday morning, it was laying there in full view, right where we both looked. Now see, I hate when things go missing, 
but if it was happening at the rate that they're happening to you, I'd go ahead and just put a for sale sign out on the lawn. Sure, I can understand keys going missing and then reappearing, but it's super strange when the items there are one minute and gone the next and then reappear several days later. I am not a fan. I think one of the creepiest things that can happen to you is a visit from something paranormal when you're in the middle of BF nowhere. I told you in a previous episode that my niece lives in a very rural town and it is pitch black at night. I always imagine looking out the window and seeing only my reflection, only to go to close the curtain and bam, a ghostly face appears. Think of all the horror movies you've seen, you know it happens. That's why when Madeline's wrote in about a seriously scary encounter at her grandfather's home, I decided to never live in the country. I sometimes travel to a rural part of eastern Georgia to visit my grandparents, and I have no immediate relatives in my state. My grandfather had bought his current home at an auction after the previous owner had committed suicide in the bathroom. He had supposedly been overcome with depression and shot himself with no existing family members to pass his equity to. So my grandfather purchased it and that was that. It's a beautiful ranch home, but there's clearly some form of energy there. I am not a medium, but I would say that I can feel what's in the air, if you will. For example, I feel a lingering presence in the home's main hallway. It did not feel malicious or even self-aware. It just walks up and down. It feels busy. However, I have had one experience when I was 14 years old that made me actually fear for my safety. I was staying in the guest bedroom when I woke up at 1 in the morning, not sleeping well because I was already incredibly anxious and not in a comfortable bed. I rolled over to check my phone when I heard footsteps coming down the staircase I was situated under. I wasn't freaking out, I thought it was just my dad going to get some water. He was up late over there sometimes for reasons unknown. Wanting to go talk to him, I jump out of bed and open the door in the main hallway. Absolutely no one was there or was ever there. No lights were on, but I thought my dad was still around because I distinctly heard heavy footsteps and felt a physical presence. I walked to the kitchen to still find absolutely no one. I started walking back when I heard footsteps again in the kitchen. At this point, I know there is no one in the kitchen that is supposed to be there, so I basically sprint walked to my room. As I reached my room's threshold, I heard the footsteps start to come down the hallway and come straight towards my door getting progressively louder as if they were stomping after me. There was a thud at my door, like a real sensation on the wood as if a fist banged on the door. At this point, I was sweating and losing my shit because I was definitely awake and I couldn't believe what was happening. I locked the door like that would somehow help and jumped back into bed and didn't sleep the rest of the night. I was so terrified to move or make any noise because I thought whatever this was would just attack me. Sometimes I would hear the footsteps in the distance, echoing in rooms of the house and it really just creeps me out remembering all of this. This is by far the scariest, most unnerving shit that has ever happened to me and I just wanted to share. 
Ooh, Madeline, I don't blame you one bit for being scared about the encounter, and I hope that you haven't experienced anything similar since then. I wonder who the disgruntled visitor could be. Twisted Missy wrote in about her grandmother's last encounter with a Ouija board. Now I thought I told y'all, these never end good. Way back when my mother was only a baby and my uncle was four years old, my grandmother invited some friends round while their husbands went to drink at the pub. They had a nice house in the mountains and so it wasn't often that people ventured up there unless their intention was to visit. After the men had left, the women decided to do a Ouija board. My grandmother had already put my mother to sleep and so the only other person in the house was my uncle who was playing in the kitchen with them. They all put a finger on the planchette and asked the generic questions like, is anyone here with us, etc., etc. After a few minutes of trying, the planchette moved to yes. My grandmother was a little uncomfortable with this, but they carried on anyway. They decide to ask how the person died. The Ouija board spells out the sentence, cannot tell you. This confused them, so my grandmother asks why not, and it tells them, there are too many years. My grandmother tells me that this surprised them and they weren't sure how to carry on. That's when the planchette began to move again and it tells them to send the boy out of the room, the boy being my uncle. My grandmother is ashamed that she actually sent him into a different room. The planchette then starts to spell something else but stops suddenly and then spells out, someone is coming, and then hurriedly said goodbye. It turns out that my granddad had forgotten his wallet and driven back to the house. My grandmother looks back on this and tells me she's glad they were interrupted. She's never messed with the Ouija board since. See, just as I suspected, nothing good. To close out this episode, Megasaurus Rex confirms my fear and loathing surrounding, you guessed it, dolls. At the time, I was 17 or 18 and I had a little Russian doll on my bookshelf that my mom got from one of the friends she made in Russia when she studied abroad there. It's a super tiny doll, only about 3 inches tall, a female dressed in traditional Russian clothes. The doll was sat on the top shelf about 3-4 to four inches back and behind something else, I can't remember what. Now, ever since I was little, the hallway upstairs always creeped me out. My bedroom is up at the left end of the stair hallway and the hallway leads up to my bathroom. In order to go to the restroom at night, I have to go through the end or corner of the hallway. It started kind of subtle. Occasionally, six or seven years ago, I would wake up to find something having fallen in my room. I had a 3D heart puzzle on my makeup box and I would wake up to find it had fallen on my dresser and split right down the middle. Sometimes, I would wake up to find the tiny doll lying face up on the floor. This is where I started to get a little bit creeped out. This doll was set further back than it was tall. If it fell over, wouldn't it have fallen onto the floor face down? Why always face up? 
This is where things got really freaky, and I'm still really creeped out by all of it all these years later. I was headed upstairs to the aforementioned bathroom, and I turned on the lights to the hallway before I walked up. Like I said, the hallway always freaked me out. And the lights turned on and then flashed out. When I flipped the switch off, the lights flashed back on and then off. I figured, eh, it's an old house, whatever, and went up to the bathroom anyway. The bathroom light switch did the exact same thing. I got frustrated by this, so I started to angrily flash the light switch on and off very quickly. During one of the bursts of light, I saw a young man, probably in his early 20s, standing directly behind me with straightish black hair nearing his shoulders. He didn't feel super scary or dangerous or anything like that, but I still panicked. I told my dad that the lights were having issues, and when he flipped the hallway and bathroom light switches, the lights turned on with no problem. I still feel that awful creepy feeling of being watched in the hallway to this day. I feel like I've been watched my whole life while in that hallway. The heart puzzle and the doll started to fall a little more frequently after that. I was clearly not happy about it, so when my parents were gone, I yelled for whatever it was to leave me alone. After that, the puzzle and doll stopped falling. I even moved the tiny doll downstairs and out of my room. The awful part is the top of the hallway still gives me this super creepy feeling like I'm being watched, though that might be the 50-ish family portraits hanging on the wall in the hallway. I've had friends who have stayed in the guest room downstairs say that they felt like someone was watching them all night and that they heard lots of creaky noises. What I want to know and what this comes down to is, am I safe? I mean, I've grown up in this house, but is this ghost, spirit, whatever, something that's biding its time, or is this all my super active imagination? Is this just me being super paranoid and seeing things that aren't there, or is this a nice ghost, and are there other things that I need to worry about? I'm scared to ask for paranormal investigator help for fear my parents would judge me, or that the investigator would awaken something that would just make things worse. I'm just curious what other people might think. Did the ghost I see actually leave? Was he not real to begin with? Is there more ghosts or spirits in my house? Do I need to worry about them? Meg, I would find some sage and protect your room. You can visit any metaphysical store for some guidance. I always recommend a good saging whenever you feel off in a space, especially if it's one you sleep in. Good luck. Okay, well, that wraps up this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram, it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. Audio engineering is provided by Chess Gray, who manages Chess Gray Music. The official composer for the show is We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that? <laughs>